Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from Rabbi Eli Kampfer. Let's listen in. In ancient times, in order to come as close as possible to God's presence in the temple, one had to be considered holy, fully purified, and separate. When we pray to God today, must we be in a similar state of holiness? How might we relate to the concept of human holiness in our prayer life? In Parshat Korach, Korach makes a bold claim regarding who is holy. Quote, the entire community, all of them are holy. Kulam Kedoshim. Number 16.3. The implication of this claim is that all members of Israel can have unrestricted access to God. What motivates Korach to say this? Korach is frustratingly close to the ultimate in holiness, a state attained only by the family of Aharon. After all, he is Aharon's first cousin. Their grandfather is Kahat, the second-born son of Levi. But it is only Aharon and his sons, descended from Kahat's firstborn son, Amram, who can fully approach the holy objects and spaces in the Mishkan, a microcosm for approaching God. Korach's side of the family, descended from Kahat's second-born son, Yitzhar, cannot touch the holy. If they do, they will die. Numbers 4.15 The Torah describes the role of the children of Kahat in detail. Numbers 4, 4 through 15 But almost all of the sacred work described is that of Aaron and his sons. They are the ones who touch all the holy objects of the Mishkan, including the Ark, covering them in preparation for travel. Only once the objects are covered can Kahat's other descendants, including Korach, carry them. Numbers 4.15 Korach watches his cousins approach the holy over and over again and suffers the indignity of knowing that were he to do the same job, he would die. All he is allowed to do is carry the objects once they are covered. Indeed, Korach criticizes Moshe and Aaron for raising themselves, titnasu, above the congregation of Hashem. This word, titnasu, encapsulates all of Korach's frustration. Its root, nasa, to raise, recalls the raising of the family of Kehat, naso et rosh b'nei Kehat, Numbers 4-2, over his brothers, listing Kehat before his older brother Gershon. And yet, only Aaron's family from among Kehat's descendants achieve the most holy status. The other children, including Korach, are reduced to carrying the objects, Yavo'u b'nei Kehat l'asait, but not touching them directly, Numbers 4.15. The term to carry, lasait, is also from this same root, nasa, and recalls Korach's charge against Moshe and Aaron, titnasu. So while Korach may seem to be making a claim about the holiness of the entire nation, it seems his frustration is born of his own status of almost holy. He is so close to the highest level and yet can never reach it. Instead of looking at his status as an honor, Korach experiences it as an insult. To him, all that matters is the state of achieving ultimate holiness and its accompanying access. Being close to the holy does not matter, and that may be the core of his sin. Indeed, according to Jacob Milgram, while Aharon's sons, the priests, may be holy, everyone else in Israel can only strive to be holy. Milgram notes that throughout the Torah, Israel is told to become holy, not that they are holy. The word kedoshim is always preceded by the verb to be. 
Most famously, this appears in Leviticus 19.2, Kedoshim Tehiyu, you should be holy, not you are holy. Indeed, immediately before Korach's rebellion, Israel is told that they are meant to become holy, Vitem Kedoshim, Numbers 15.40. This, perhaps, is Korach's overreach. He is unable to reconcile himself with a status that involves becoming. He wants to claim that Israel has already reached the holiest status, Kulam Kedoshim. In fact, however, Israel's role is to strive for holiness, not represent a state of achieved holiness. This charge to become holy, as opposed to being holy, is reinforced in the third blessing of the Amidah. There we read, You are holy, and your name is holy, and holy ones every day praise you, Selah, Ukedoshim Bechol Yom Yalalucha Selah. Blessed are you, Hashem, the holy God. Who are the holy beings who praise God, referenced in the third line of this blessing? This is somewhat ambiguous. Indeed, it could be referring to angels, who call God holy every day, as noted in the vision of Isaiah 6, 2-3. Or it might refer to the Jewish people, who according to Psalms 84-5, dwell in God's house and praise God continually. Indeed, the language of this psalm is quoted directly in this blessing. Happy are those who dwell in your house, forever shall they praise you, Selah, Psalm 84.5, Odia Lelucha, Selah. The parallel is striking. Yoshvei Veitecha is parallel to Ukdoshim, Od is parallel to Bechol Yom, and Yahalelucha, Selah is parallel to Yahalelucha, Selah. Holy Ones is parallel to those who dwell in your house, Every day is parallel to forever, and praise you, Selah, is parallel to praise you, Selah. Perhaps this ambiguity is purposeful, an attempt to blur the line between Israel and the angels. And yet, in my understanding of this blessing, Kiddoshim refers not to Israel, but to the angels, whom we are trying to imitate. Elsewhere in the liturgy, Kiddoshim clearly means angels. Quote, chief of his armies, the holy ones, those who exalt Shaddai, May our Creator, King, and Redeemer be blessed, the one who creates holy ones, Borei Kedoshim, Shacharit, morning blessings before Shema. We are not the angels praising God with the term holy, but we attempt to praise God like the angels, just as we attempt to be holy like the angels. This is the understanding of one version of the Kedusha. Let us make holy your name in the world, just as they, the angels, make it holy in the heavenly heights. We look to the angels as an example while we strive to emulate the model that they provide. But the stance of aspiration here is critical and indeed is the essence of what it means to strive for holiness. As Milgram writes, quote, Israel is enjoined to be holy because Hashem is holy. This does not mean that Israel can achieve or even imitate Hashem's holiness. There is an unbridgeable gap between them. What is the holiness we are attempting to achieve? It is not only access to God, but also a certain type of behavior. Milgram continues, Holiness implies imitatio dei, namely, Israel should emulate God by living a godly life. Observance of the divine commandments leads to God's attribute of holiness, but not to the same degree. Not to God, but to godliness. As noted above, the word kedoshim is always connected with the root hayah, you shall be but are not currently. The one exception to the aspirational use of Kedoshim in connection with people is Korach's formulation in his rebellion against Moshe. 
Korach calls the congregation all holy, kulam kedoshim, already holy, claiming that we have already reached a state of ultimately unattainable holiness is at the core of Korach's sin. This third blessing of the Amidah cannot then be claiming that we are fully holy, Kedoshim, when we praise God, but it offers us a reminder that we must try to become holy, because the word Kedoshim reminds us of the places in the Torah where the command, you shall be or strive to be holy, appears. Korach saw the status of almost being holy as an insult. By contrast, we can see this status as a mission, to try to reach the level of the angels, knowing that it is a continual process of striving to come close to God and to walk in God's ways. Shabbat Shalom. Our producers for this podcast are Sam Greenberg and Jeremy Tabak. Thank you to David Chabinski for editing this episode. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.